0: 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au We're going to talk about work and and, uh, what is it with work? I mean, is there a Christian uh, way to think about work? Is work just a result of the curse that goes right back to the Garden of Eden? Or is it a gift of God? Well, to help us think through some of the issues and just to say you're invited to be a part of our conversation and you'll also get the chance to talk with Glenn Honberg. Glenn is part of the City Bible Forum. He's based in Brisbane, but City Bible Forum is all over Australia in the capital cities and they do some fabulous work in CBDs where if you're working and in your lunch hour, you want to go and do something that uh, really uh, taps into the deep issues, you can get a hold of some of the things that City Bible Forum are doing. Glenn Honberg, welcome to 2020. I'm glad to be here, Neil.
1: Oh, <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: Glenn, let's talk about work and set the scene. We'll invite listeners to call in because mm. uh, work is one of these things that you can say, is there a Christian attitude to work? As a Christian, do I think differently about work than what someone who's not a Christian thinks?
1: Uh, what are your thoughts just opening up our conversation? Yeah, it's a great question, Neil. It's um. In our Australian society, lots of our work is something we do for something else. You know, we work for, to um, have a lovely weekend. We work to earn money and pay off a mortgage. But working in itself, well, that feels like a curse sometimes. The Bible's perspective is very different. Um, work is part of God's amazing generosity to us. Um, yeah, so that's a very different picture. That's interesting. When you have a job
0: that you enjoy, and you sort of think, "Oh, God's generosity, God's generosity to me is wonderful." But if you're working a job that you really, you know, you just can't <laughs> handle it, the boss doesn't like you for whatever reason, the, the people that you're working with difficult to get on with. Sometimes
1: it's it's hard to have that attitude, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, work uh, is full of difficulties and constraints. So picking up on a couple of the earlier parts of the Bible, God created. Um, humanity, be humanity to work, and to work on and in um, creation, which is a really quite radical idea. Um, we, we've accepted it now in the Western world, but ancient societies saw that physical work, manual work, was to be despised and looked down on. So, for instance, Plato, a few hundred years before Jesus, he, he um, thought engineers were good, for instance, because they made war machines to protect your city, but he said, you'd never let your daughter marry one because engineers worked with their hands. That's what slaves did. Um, where the Christian view is that the physical world, um, science and engineering and health, and yeah, work is great, work is good, but it is hard when work is difficult because um, the Bible also says that trying to work has been cursed. Work itself isn't a curse, but work has been cursed. It's been made difficult by God. And if we're actually building
0: an idea of what a Christian attitude to work might look like today, uh, there are a lot of people around the nation who are doing it tough, uh, some people losing their jobs. And There is a sense, isn't there, in which so many, and maybe even more particularly men, we get our identity from the type of work that we do. Uh, and if that work's not there, we take a real hit. Uh, there is a certain sense in which our identity is tied up in our work. but. Uh, let's
1: talk about how that relates to a Christian perspective of work. Yeah, I think that's certainly true. Um, men very much more task oriented, and our society also tells you that your value in society and your is is from what you do. Especially for men, we latch onto that. Um, but th- that is a, that is a difficulty, isn't it? Because if you are unemployed or you hate your job, then that means your sense of identity is is can be can be kind of crushed in that and can be broken. Um, and the part of that is we need to we want to be feeling fulfilled, but the Bible's picture is that work isn't really just about us; it's for others as well. So one part of the Bible says, for instance, to thieves, still no longer work, and it's work. So you've got something to give to those in need. So that's a very interesting idea. It takes the focus off ourselves. It's all about whether I'm fulfilled or whether I'm enjoying the work, and starts to think actually, how does my work contribute to the people and society and culture around me? And I think that's part of the answer for rethinking work as a Christian. Let me take that a bit further if I can. For instance, I was talking the other day to someone and saying, you know, if you're an engineer, all you do you might be doing is drawing plans of a building, and you're just kind of drawing and drawing and drawing, and sometimes your drawings are critiqued, and all you do is draw. And you think, oh man, what a boring job I've got drawing plans. But if, if the drawings aren't done well, say for a building, well, actually, that has a profound impact. The people who need to dig the hole don't know how deep to dig it they don't know how much concrete to pour they don't know what grade of steel to buy and so on so actually seeing that that work of drawing engineering plans how does it contribute to the society or the culture or the people around me and that's true for something like engineering or it's true for you know the person who uh, picks up milk he's a he's a milk delivery guy he goes to the farmer picks up the milk drives it to the milk factory where it gets processed if he doesn't do his job i don't get my coffee in brisbane and so, you know, I'm really – we want to really value all sorts of jobs and the way they contribute to society. But part of it is our society doesn't think like that. Um, we think, oh, how am I fulfilled? Um, is this good for me? Whereas if we can start to look beyond and actually think, oh, how am I contributing? How is this part of the wider fabric of and Christianity? just been on it loving my neighbour even through my work. What you seem to be saying is that even if you are the guy who digs the ditches,
0: uh, that your work is important because others are being served by what you're doing. There is a sense in which you're saying that uh, all of our work, whether we actually enjoy it or not, or whether it's hard work or whether it seems to be a little bit easier, actually uh, has this uh, this contribution to society, this contribution to your own family, this contribution to uh, your own efforts uh, in doing things. Uh, there's something important about that. Oh,
1: yes. I think that's that's um, hugely important. It, the Bible's picture is work is good because God made the world to be worked in. You know, work was the story Adam and Eve were placed in the garden to work work, to work the garden. So yeah, it, to think of it um, as something that's a curse, that, in, um, that work is a curse, well, no, that's actually um, a really wrong picture of the created order. So, and, and I guess I'm just exploring how is that work good? How is it a blessing? And it contributes to people around us in all sorts of ways. There's another dimension here, and we'll just touch on
0: these, and we might be able to enlarge on some of them. But there is certainly an idea, too, that some work is secular and some work is sacred. Uh, take the pastor in your local church uh he's a servant of the lord and uh and you know, perhaps doing a great job in that and and somehow are you think, well, well, you know i'm just running my small business or i'm working a job here and uh, you know packing shelves at the supermarket overnight and and somehow or other, my work is not quite as spiritual as some people's work there's probably a wrong way of looking at that too if you're a Christian,
1: yeah, I think that's right um there's a there's a couple of different things going on um when we start to kind of separate out. Um, there's these spiritual tasks, and then there's these other tasks, uh, other work that's not as valuable. Um, so, one is that um, God, the big picture of what God is doing in the world is that uh, heaven is not just pictured as kind of um, floating in space, having Philadelphian cream cheese, but as a new creation. So, God is going to restore the whole of creation. Now, we don't know how, what the exact connection is, but there is a continuity in some sense between our work on earth now and our our society and culture that reflects that work is good and will be taken to that that new picture of the created order. So there's, there's that picture. Uh, now I've lost my second point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: come back and we'll continue our conversation. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Honberg is our guest from City Bible Forum. We're talking about work. 2020, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. We're talking about work today. Do you love the work that you do? Uh, maybe you just don't love the work that you do and you really need the grace of God to get through every day because it's just so hard. We're talking about work. Glenn Honberg is our guest. He's from City Bible Bible Forum. Uh, Glenn, this is a topic, I guess, that most Christian people perhaps don't even think about. Uh, but there's this sort of separation, isn't there? Because uh, you might go along to your local church on a weekend. Uh, once Sunday's gone, you're back to work, and there you are clocking on Monday morning, and it's like uh, your Christian life was a whole world away because there's a separation, and somehow or other there's a, a secular thing you do with your life and there's a sacred thing that you get a chance to do on the weekend. But is there? Is that a right way to think? Is there a separation?
1: No, Neil, there's not, not a separation at all. I think um, that... Uh, if we think of, as if there's a separation, that means that God isn't God of the whole world. <laughs> well, he clearly is the God of the whole world. And um, one of the people that really helped us with this in Christian thinking was a guy um, from the 1500s, Martin Luther, who came along and said, you know, the priests aren't closer to God. He actually said, you know, when a father changes a baby's nappy, God smiles in heaven. He had this <laughs> picture of kind of now yep. where that sprang from was this, this idea of God's grace kind of was weaved into everything we did you didn't you didn't you couldn't just because of jesus so you couldn't just access god's grace because of the work you did by by having a more holy job like being a pastor or a missionary that you were somehow closer to god he's saying no no because of jesus you're as close as you can get and and now you seek to serve god in every area of your life in fact the apostle paul writes to slaves under under um, probably non-christian masters and says the work you do well when you work for your master work as if working for jesus which is of incredibly high way. Who knows what they were doing? You know, Maybe they're cleaning toilets. Maybe they're organizing the bank accounts for the, the tyrant master. And he says, you know, work in a way that's working for Jesus. And interestingly, with the Apostle Paul, because uh, he was
0: known for his tent maker ministry. Mm. In other words, he worked a secular job while he was doing the sacred job too. Mm. Uh, he didn't see any sort of uh, conflict with that. Maybe he thought it might have been nice to have been paid to do his sacred job all the time, but that just didn't happen. He had to do the
1: secular job too. Well, he actually saw, um, from my understanding of scriptures, the way he saw that physical work was um, as an exercise of grace. He wanted to go into places that hadn't yet heard the gospel, and he wanted to make the gospel freely available just as God has made himself freely available in Jesus. So he worked hard with his hands and took that burden on so he could proclaim the gospel. So clearly he didn't see any kind of divide in that um, himself. Uh, Glenn, let's take a call from one of our listeners. uh,
0: Linda from Regent's Park and uh, Christian Lady works from home. Hello, Linda. Welcome to 2020.
2: Hello, Neil. Thank you. Great
0: to to have you with us. And Glenn's with us. We're talking about work. What's your contribution to our conversation today?
2: Okay. I, you know, I've been listening intently and and agree with what you're saying. Um, And I'm just blessed that I can work from home because, you know, I don't have to deal with, you know, the world out there in the workplace. Um, and I do something that I believe God's given me a gift and ability to do because there's very few of us around the world doing what I do. And What is it that you do then, Linda? <laughs> I custom make bras for ladies and do repairs and alterations on them as well.
0: And when you apply your own Christian thinking to the way that you're serving uh, these ladies with these custom bras, what does that do for you?
2: I, you know, it just gives me a great mm. sense of achievement and joy to be able to help women who, you know, who often are at the end of their tether because they just can't get something, you know, out there in the, um, you know, in the, the department stores yeah. or the boutiques that they need to, you know, fit them and do what they need it to do for them.
1: Yeah, Linda, I think that's really helpful. Um, it, it's picking up on the way in which God has given us all sorts of gifts and skills. With which to to love people, you know the second mm-hmm. great commandment is love your neighbor. Um, you know, working out the gifts and skills that we've got from God, how is it that we can contribute to the people around us? And I think the other thing in the background there is, um, you know, bras reflect a high view of the body, like looking after a, a woman's brasier and making her comfortable and mm-hmm. making it good for her to wear. You know, that's a, that's a great thing. That's a, a high view of the the body that Christianity has. And interesting too, Linda, that when you
0: talk about being in a service industry and you're in a service industry, uh, women appreciate that extra attention to detail. Is that right?
2: Oh, yes, very much so, especially women who have, um, you know, skin problems that need 100% cotton or, you know, just I have a client in Melbourne who actually has only one arm, her right arm and shoulder has been uh, taken off um and you like you know who else was going to be able to do something for her so you know doing specialised things like that for people who have got nowhere else to go right. is you know it it yeah it's it's just a great thing and i certainly you know let people know that you know what i do is what God has given me to do.
0: I was going to ask you about that because when you're there doing this service, you custom making bras for women. Uh, how do you how do you uh, outlive your Christian faith in the service that you provide for women?
2: Um, well, by doing an excellent job, um, and if I don't get it right, then working on it till I do get it right, um, and yeah, and just 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 being what they need me to be for them.
1: Mm, I think that's really good, Linda, because one of the things that I was talking to some young men and women last night, actually on the issue of work, and we can actually really have sometimes a reductionistic view of faithfulness. um, But a a big view of faithfulness means on something like this, that you're really thinking, yes, I'm not just making a bra. I'm actually trying to make something for this particular person and wanting to follow that job all the way through um, for their sake and having a really big view of how, what faithfulness means there and, and contributing and serving other people around us. Mm. And I think, um, yeah, not just in the service industry, but also in all sorts of, in the corporate industry in all sorts of areas, um, that wins out over the long term.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm.
0: Well, Linda, thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. Uh, how do people get in touch with you in Regent's Park?
2: I have a website, Linda's Lingerie. I have a Facebook page, um, you want a phone number, Neil?
0: You can give a phone number if you like. Yes. A Special opportunity today because yes. uh, because you're calling and contributing. It's wonderful. It's What's your phone number?
2: Three eight double zero two double seven six.
0: Okay. Well, Linda from Regent's Park. Uh, just great to hear from you, and really appreciate you being part of 2020 today.
2: Thank you, and I love the program. Thank you. Take care.
0: We're talking about work and your opportunity to contribute to our conversation today if you would like to. Why don't you pick up the phone, give us a call on 1-800-880-876, 1-800-880-876. Uh, Glenn, when we talk about this level of faithfulness, and uh, we just heard that so uh, so proudly from Linda that she takes great uh, you know, care in the, in the work that she's doing. She has a standard of excellence. Excellence is a little bit uh, aligned with our faithfulness to God.
1: Hmm. Well, I think that's right. I think um, thinking of the corporate environment, partly because I'm involved with the CBD, there's all sorts of pressures on people to um, get things done according to budget or to get things done according to clients or to get things done according to managers. And I was just saying, if we if we as Christians have a have a deep view of faithfulness and understand our work well and how it contributes, It helps us sometimes, I think, say, you know, maybe to managers, actually, no, I I can't take on this other project yet. I really need to finish this for the sake of the client. Or, uh, look, we really should spend the money on this particular product. We shouldn't go for the lower grade one because, you know, this really matters. Now, that might make you a bit of a thorn at various times within your organization. But again, I think in the long term, um, you know, customers will know you're the kind of person who looks after your kind of products you produce are good. And I think God honors that kind of faithfulness in the long haul.
0: Glenn, stay with us. We're going to come back and talk some more about our attitudes to work and whether or not as a Christian our attitude is different to perhaps what it was when we were not Christian or uh, that we're growing in our understanding and our wisdom of what it is to serve God in our work. We'll come back and talk some more in just a short while. It's great to have you with us today on 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you. And Glenn Honberg is from City Bible Forum. We're talking about work. And uh, great to be able to unpack a topic that people don't often talk about. But work is one of those things that's so much in the news today, Glenn, because... Uh, there's so many changes that are happening in the workplace. Not only are people losing their jobs in the manufacturing industry, jobs being sent offshore, uh, there's also the challenges of uh, uh, operations like Qantas. Uh, We've looked at the the motor industry uh, over uh, previous weeks in different conversations that I've been involved in and then there's also, uh, interestingly, uh, people who are working from home these days because they can, which gives them some freedom but there's lots of changes in the way people do work, so having a right attitude to it has to be a value thing.
1: Mm. Oh, that's, um, that's certainly true. It's interesting in our society we very much are a meritocracy, um, and you're valuable according to what you do in our society. You know, doctors and lawyers are more valuable than street cleaners or city evangelists, perhaps. Mm. Uh, whereas the Bible's view is is it's not what you do; it's really how you do things. And I think that helps us this whole idea of I need to have a career or I need to have this special job if we don't have that or it doesn't feel like it's going somewhere, that increases anxiety. I read an interview with a very interesting man um, a few years ago. He actually worked in Melbourne and had repaired TVs for 30 or 40 years. Apparently, he was kind of known for that. And the interviewer um, asked him what he thought of his career. And his background was he escaped the death camps in Nazi Germany. Mm. And so he kind of rebuked this journalist and said, career? I don't really care about a career. I was just happy to have a job and to earn an income and to have a house and have wife and kids, and so he, he because of what he'd seen about, um, you know, yeah, the death camps and and you know almost loss of life just to be able to live and to work, it was a very helpful interview because he put work in in perspective, just to be able to work and have an income and pay for the things you need. That's actually really really good, and and to kind of grasp onto that whatever the work is and how it helps us um, live. Um, Remove some of that, I think, anxiety or pressure about where are we going and what should I be doing next? and. All those things that a meritocracy worries about. What are the things in my life that are
0: really important? And uh, as you say, but even uh, that story, I mean, the fact that I'm able to take another breath today might uh, put a skip in my step because I didn't uh, fall victim to uh, a death camp or something like that. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> Every, there's not too many of those no. in Australia right now, thankfully. <laughs> Every day to be celebrated. But, uh, you know, but there'd be people who'd go and turn up for work each day who just, you know, it's so hard just to get to work and uh, they would have anxiety about uh, turning up to work and, and yet there's something
1: you've got to work through there and say there's purpose in what I'm doing. Well, that, that's a perfectly legitimate experience because the the Bible does pick up in Genesis chapter 3 um, that work is cursed. So to actually feel frustration and difficulty with work, it's hard to get things done, that's a, that's a very legitimate experience, even even for the Christian. That's not unchristian to feel that. But I think even there, it's part of God's mercy. Um, God God is gently, continually reminding us to, to not live for this world. He, he's gently reminding us that this is not all there is and that we're not actually with him in Eden. So those difficulties, I think, are helping us long for heaven and to try and get a good perspective on things. So I think I think even it's easy to say if your work's going well, but even when work's going hard, I think it should cause us to think, you know, God is where my ultimate meaning is. God is where my ultimate joy is. And and try and be thankful for those hardships in work that point you there. Because God did it. People were out of relationship with him. Um, and so he then cursed work, which he didn't have to. But I think, why did he do it? Well, he did it to remind people that they were now out of the garden. And so I think some of our difficulties of work are actually part of God's mercy to us. That's a really
0: interesting point that if you're having a hard day at work uh, you just should be reminded that uh, that uh, work in the Garden of Eden was cursed and there is a sense in which it's God's reminder to us of His grace and that uh, He is the one to whom we are responsible ultimately. Let's take some more calls. Tess from Sorrell in Tasmania. Hello Tess what's your contribution to our conversation today? Um,
3: I've got a bit of criticism over the years but um We homeschooled our children, and I just felt that was right. And then when they were older teens, they did go to high school for a while, and now um, I find I can't go back to teaching. I have chronic fatigue. But I think, well, I can still help, so I bake for people when I can. I still rest, and I, I keep in touch with my daughters more. I'm learning to use a mobile phone. And I think there's a lot of value in not just giving up but working as much as you can. For other people as well as yourself and I also find I can encourage my husband a lot more because he has a job he doesn't like
1: Yeah, I think that that's um, you've, you've pointed out some, something very important there, that um, there's all sorts of work that we can do that's unpaid and that's part of our good contribution to society and culture and to not have work too closely attached to actually having to get a paycheck for it um, and, and you see that clearly in the Bible that when you have opportunity to serve others um, we should do that. And part of serving others is hard work. Let's let's be honest. Um, you know, service of others like baking meals and, and preparation and delivering things, that's hard work. I'm um, caring for people who, you know, like your husband, if, if someone's struggling or difficult, you know, caring for people, that's hard work. And it's part of God's goodness. So it's great to hear you're able to do that. Tess, Neil here, when you went through that
0: challenge of having to give up your paid work and uh, you decided that you could still sell your life into other people's uh, experience. Uh, were you a Christian at the time? How did you handle things? Uh, was there a challenge to your faith when you were going through all those changes?
3: It wasn't easy. It was a challenge. I just, I just thought, well, why me? You know, like everybody thinks that way when something happens. But then I thought, well, I'm not incapacitated. I'm not physically unable to move around. And um, if I rest, I can do a lot of things and I'm more able to do things than many people. And so I just looked at it that way.
0: And you're uh, you're continuing that work now? You're still helping out uh all sorts of different areas, baking cakes, doing all sorts of things like that?
3: Well, there's a dear old lady who's 91 in Denali and we're going to see her on Monday. She really loves the Lord, but I like taking her homemade biscuits and um, things like that. And the, my, our daughters really appreciate homemade things.
0: Well, Tess, you are a blessing and, uh, you know, God's richest blessing on you as you continue that work there in Tasmania. Tess from Sorrel in Tasmania. Uh, Let's take another call. Cheryl is on the line from Central Queensland. Hello, Cheryl. Welcome to 2020. Hello, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Cheryl. Wonderful to hear from you. What's your contribution to our conversation today?
4: Oh Well, from when I rang, um, Ben has just had all that information or discussion on um, careers and things like that, which makes me think, uh, you know, um, dissatisfaction in a job is probably more a man's thing than a woman. I think a woman finds more satisfaction in doing lots of things. But in saying that, I believe that in in your workplace, um, your Christianity supersedes your workplace. Um, you're, you can be a Christian in your workplace to other people that are there. And I think that um, we sometimes, uh, we get back into our um, cursed mode, I guess, and say, well, what about me? What about me? You know, I don't like what I'm doing. Well, we have a choice. God gave us a choice in everything. And we can stop doing that now, we have, we have got so conditioned to relying on our income for our support. Now, I'm not saying it's easy without an income. I've been there, done that a long time ago. Um, but it does, um, it does have an impact on how you think if you're after the pay packet
1: yes, rather
4: than after, after living life for God.
1: Yes, um, I think that's a good point. That um, that if you're just you're just after the, the pay packet rather than um, living life to God and letting that shape all of your work, or or you know whether it's employed work, or whether it's paid work or um, non-paid work, I want to completely agree with you. I think this um, idea that we should separate, we I don't think we even realise it. Do I don't think anyone plans to say. Well, I'm not if they're Christian. I'm not going to honour God in my work. But that sacred secular divide um, exists in all our hearts, where we we actually it's just easier for us in some areas to not acknowledge God and to live um, under Him. And yeah. I think yeah, you're completely right. It's interesting there. You you touched on the the issue. I think of of kind of anxiety there. It's interesting. Jesus says, um, he says, don't don't worry. What does worrying gain you? And yeah. It sounds like a cliche, doesn't it? And when you first think about it, you think yeah. But you're right. You're right. The more anxious you are, and the more worried you are. It doesn't actually help the situation. Worry doesn't fix the situation. Um, And it
4: doesn't change
1: it. No, no, it doesn't change at all. But calm dependence on God, Um, you know, prayerfulness and stepping back and and saying, God, you're generous. You've created a world in which there's lots of work opportunities. Um, There's lots of different things I could do. What, What would you have me do? is very different from anxiety and and caught up in, in how this is impacting me. Well, Cheryl from central Queensland, thank you so
0: much for your contribution today here on 2020. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you on 2020. Glenn Honberg from City Bible Forum is our guest. We're talking about work and uh, we're going to tie a few loose ends together here, Glenn. Uh, Work is so important. I want to just introduce, though, the idea that in church life, uh, people who are sitting beside one another uh, in a local church setting, perhaps on a Sunday morning, they've both turned up. Uh, One's a millionaire, business owner, uh, you know, seems to have it all together. A person sitting next to him works a, a a job that's labor intensive, not quite so well paid, but they can sit beside one another. And there is a sense in that illustration that before God, uh, those two are equally important when it comes to their work.
4: Yeah,
1: we, we definitely need to hold that. Paul says to, um, he writes to the Corinthians and says, um, what do you have that you were not given? <laughs> so both um, the skills and gifts that you have, um, they're part of God's generosity. You didn't you, you you didn't create them when you were growing up. You, your ability to learn or education or your um, innovation, you you didn't make that in yourself. Even that's part of God's generosity. So then the, the millionaire or the entrepreneur can't really look down on the laborer. Um, that would be to deny that God has been generous to them. But also, again, that the very idea that we compare them comes back to this idea we've, we've maybe a bit caught up of our 21st century culture that um, your standing in society or culture de- depends on how much money you've got. And that's a real problem. That's right. There's a big issue there, isn't there? Because uh, if you've got the millionaire sitting beside the laborer, uh,
0: neither one is more important than the other based on how much they earn, uh, because we're talking about the blessing of God. One is not more blessed than the other. uh, But sometimes we think in terms of material gain uh, that, uh, that sort of says we're more
1: blessed, but that's not necessarily the case biblically. Oh, that's right. And to think of one of them more blessed than the other, in some ways, if I can say this and not too strangely, but it underplays um, the blessing of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection for every Christian. That is so huge. That is so big that the earthly blessings of wealth or prosperity, they're actually very, very small blessings in comparison. So to actually get caught up on whether or not you've been blessed by being wealthy or what kind of education you've got, um, you know that's like comparing, I don't know, two tiny insects compared to the elef- elephant of God's blessing in Jesus. Yes, and uh, and to to think about it in those terms,
0: uh, you know, there's people getting caught up in prosperity and uh, the blessing of God. The most valuable thing we have is not material at all. It's nothing to do with our jobs. It all comes down to God's grace towards us who do not deserve uh, His uh, wonderful blessing of salvation. But He has freely given that to us. That's where the huge uh, impact of what we're talking about today. Yes, our work is important before God. It gives us an opportunity to serve Him and to serve others. And in doing so faithfully, we bring glory to God. That's uh, the way that we think about our work. Glenn Honberg, uh, City Bible Forum, lots of great things happening around the nation. Is there a website people can go to to find out what City Bible Forum's organizing? Yeah, you certainly can. Um,
1: quite easy to find, City Bible Forum, no dots, no dashes, just um, altogether dot .org. And there's a few things happening around the place. Uh, This week in Brisbane, we've got three talks in the CBD, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, lunchtime. Uh, In Perth, they're interviewing uh, late in March, John Anderson, former Deputy Prime Minister of Australia, John Anderson, on the topic of leadership. And then down in Melbourne, they're doing a thing called the Easter Challenge. And they've got a a well-known atheist who's a big tweeter, uh, if if that's the right verb. Um, doing their Easter challenge of reading through the Easter story with a booklet called The Week That Changed the World. So things happening everywhere. It has been a pleasure. Thanks for
0: being with us today on 2020. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.